Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thank you uh, for joining me today. Whether you're catching the show live or in archive, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, first time tuning in, uh, again, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional uh, navigational consultant. Uh, I do uh, astrology, numerology, uh, tarot, um, angel cards, animal totems, all kinds of different oracles. Uh, I do a form of life coaching, a little bit of a different style than a lot of other readers do. Um, if you want any information about my services, go to uh, my website, jimventura.com, and you can get all kinds of uh, good info there about uh, in-office sessions as well as phone sessions. Um, also a published author, a couple of books under the belt, worked on it a few more, and uh, I do a monthly column called Snake Oil, and uh, this is going to be our live column read show, uh, even though I normally do this at the beginning of the month, I'm finally getting around to it, just have been very busy, I'm finally going to get to do a column read, uh, and then talk about that on today's show. If you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, feel free to email me at venturasag at yahoo.com to get added to the monthly newsletter mailing. Uh, it's just monthly, and it's blind copied out, so no one will ever get your email address from me. Uh, but you'll be able to read my columns uh, fresh when they come out each time. All right. Anyway, okay, so this is a live column read. Again, I reiterate the points, and I'm going to get some call-ins that I'm not going to take live calls. Um, would love to be able to do it, but people typically are asking for little mini readings when they do the live calls, and that is not really the purpose of our show. Um, I will, uh, I was supposed to do one last month, and the holidays just kind of got me. But I will do one in February, um, an astrological update show, and then uh, uh, afterwards, for about 15, 20 minutes, I'll take a couple of live calls during the astrological update show. But typically, that is the only show that I, I do to the mini reads on air, uh, is the astrological update show, so... Just be aware of that. Okay. Anyway, uh, again, welcome, uh, everyone. Uh, we got a beautiful day here in Phoenix, high of 70, so uh, we've had kind of a harsh winter by Phoenix standards, so don't let anybody jump down my throat in cold <laughs> weather right now. Uh, it was definitely a colder winter. We had a lot of nights where just kind of low 30s, uh, you know, uh, which uh, people surprised it gets that cold. In Phoenix, but even during the daytime, we're only hitting the 50s for a lot of, of December, and that's a little lower than normal. So we're finally getting back to our 70s again. So I'm actually grateful for that. Uh, okay, so I want to. Um, this this is a was a new column uh, that went out this month and uh, at, at the beginning of, of January, and um, it's called "When Things Line Up." So I'm going to read the column, and then we'll talk about this with, with some more. Uh, detail and a little bit more information, and kind of update you on a few other things as well that are that are going on that might give you some added insight for uh, for today. Okay, so here's the call. Uh, when things line up, I experienced an interesting phenomenon on my last drive back from Nevada. When I reached the intersection of the I-40, uh, also known as Purple Heart Trail, and 93 South. Something familiar began to line up internally. I could feel myself realigning, as if all the gear shifts that make up who I am were lining up perfectly. While it was happening, it dawned on me immediately that in most of my drives, I do this three or four times a year and fly two to three times a year, 
to Vegas. Through this area of about a 25-mile stretch, they often feel a familiar sensation. A combination of emotional memories about my childhood, 20s, periods of my life I had forgotten, vividly emerge. They're mostly good memories, but even the difficult ones seem charged in a way that feels right or like they were meant to be. I become acutely aware of patterns in my life. When something clicks internally, where everything in my life makes sense, a warmth that is difficult to put into words washes over me. And I feel a contentment that reaches backwards into my past, forward into my future. Yet the strongest part of this experience is feeling myself completely part of the world. I'm connected to the road, the air, and everything around me. I am part of the landscape, and the world would not be the same if I were not here. I feel a total comfort with who I am and the life that I'm currently living. In my early years of metaphysical studies, I remember reading about physical places in the world that were called coordination points. It was initially part of the channeling studies that I honestly found kind of boring. Coordination points, to me, were less interesting. Parts of the teachings, uh, mathematical dryness. They were not as interesting as most of the other material I was studying. In some ways, this is what shifted me from an early focus on astronomy. I had telescopes and books about astronomy and studied quite a bit from about the ages of 9 to 14. But when I discovered astrology, while it was also extremely mathematical, it had a richer, more human approach to its wisdom. It was a much, much better fit for me than astronomy was. I got hooked and began to study with even more drive. The study of astrology definitely does involve a lot of mathematics. Thankfully, today modern computer programs alleviate much of the math work. Astrology requires understanding angles and coordination points as well. Astrologers look at the angles between planets in a natal chart. In a nutshell, easy angles between planets, like sextiles, 60-degree angles, and trines, 120-degree angles, create opportunities, natural talent, and ease. Whereas hard angles, like squares, 90 degrees, and oppositions, 180 degrees, tend to create struggles, tests, and challenges. The same holds true for transits. Because like us, the planets in our solar system change position. These transits are the movement of the planets in the sky from easy and difficult angles to each other and to our original natal chart. We experience these nudges whether we believe in them or whether we are aware of their meaning. They push us sometimes with ease and sometimes with great difficulty. I revisited the concept of coordination points in another way, again in my early 20s, when my interest in Sedona was part of my decision to pull, decision and pull to move to Arizona from New York. Sedona, Arizona is one of many places in the world that have a number of noticeable coordination points. There are also places that can be looked at as negative coordination points, like the Bermuda Triangle. These are challenging places to live or even cross over. We often feel areas like this that are uncomfortable and have practical reasons why we avoid them. 
In movies and films, they're often seen as cursed or evil for dramatic effect. Yet, just like in astrology, a negative angle can have a good influence in the long run. We can become stronger from the push and pulls of difficult astrology and life tests that they bring our way. We can learn from adversity. A quote I recently posted on Facebook sums up this idea nicely. I've never met a person... Uh, let me repeat that. I've never met a strong person with an easy past. There's no doubt I'm becoming more aware of coordination points in different locales, and this will become a useful ability for me to share with my friends and clients. While positive angles and the use of coordination points are tremendously valuable, we still create our realities through our beliefs. Even a positive coordination point in easy astrological angles in our chart can be negated when we are compulsively fearful. When we feed a pessimistic nature and constantly have thoughts or feelings of potential disaster, we'll find these things manifesting in our experience. Thankfully, the opposite also holds true. If we believe in an abundant universe, opportunity, and maintain a perspective of optimism and unusual luck, this will be reproduced in our experience. The concept of coordination points and mathematical angles can be complicated. Yet, we all search for easy angles and learn from uncomfortable ones. We look for friends and mates with similar interests and vibrations. We vibe better with people in, of compatible astrological signs. We look for environments like homes, workplaces, gyms, bars, schools, etc. that feel comfortable to us. At the same time, the mistakes, quote, in our younger relationship experiences, jobs, living situations, social circles, etc., help us to become more clear about what is and isn't compatible for us. As we're tested, we fund the power to avert blockage and defeat. We get older and wiser, we can more clearly see the usefulness of past challenge. We also hopefully become wiser about creating less of it. Coordination points are physical properties in this world, as well as a reflection of an energetic idea. I recently found or recognized this notable positive coordination point because I have been shifting internally. With the help of some current really good Jupiter angles in my personal astrology, things are not lining up nicely. Okay, so, all right, let's talk a little bit about this. A couple of different points that I brought up in this piece um, that are key. You know, I, I've, I've driven through that particular area many, 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 many times. Um, it wasn't until this last time that the coordination point thing kind of clicked in my head because, you know, when I'm, when I'm driving to Vegas, um, if, if Phoenix to, to Vegas is about a little under a five-hour drive. Um, not a five-hour drive, a little under, noon, four and a half. Um, a lot of times I'm going to Vegas, I pass to the point. I mean, I get kind of happy, but I'm just more excited about getting to Vegas because I'm, you know, at that point I'm a, about an hour and 45 minutes away, gone almost three hours and, you know, past the halfway point. So, we, uh, But uh, I notice it more when I come back, when I go through that point. Uh, just the insight that I have, that sense of comfortableness, uh, memories, just things just come swirling into place. So I know that there's something about that particular locale. And I felt that in different places. Um, you know, I, I, I have, I've traveled, I can't say I've traveled extensively, um, 
but I have, I mean, I've been to different places in, in America. I've actually, a little bit of Canada. I've never gone outside of Canada or America, by the way, which is pretty trippy. Definitely would like to do Europe, a few other places um, in the next 10 or 20 years as I get a bit older, and I'm getting in a much more comfortable place financially to probably do that too. So the thing of it is, is yeah, listen, there's points that vibe with us and there's points that don't. I mean, this isn't as complicated as it sounds. It's the same thing with bars. People who go to bars, certain bars you like the vibe, you like the feel of it, you like the crowd, you like the people. Gyms, uh, schools, everything like I mentioned in the piece. This is, you know, it sounds like we're talking about an esoteric idea, but we're really not. We do this all the time. But the thing with coordination points is, yeah, there are places that line up. We see this in areas of homes where plants may grow better or you know, um, and again, we logically say, well, the sun is there and this is there. But listen, there's certain things that we find energetically that are are, um, are workable and some things that are not so workable. If you study any type of feng shui in any capacity, you really understand some of these points as well, too, about the flow and movement of energy. So, again, uh, esoteric idea is not so esoteric. We, we, uh, we do this ultimately all the time. But the thing that I always point out to people is, again, sometimes triggers in, in the negative can ultimately have a value in some respects as well. You see the same idea expressed in looking at an astrology chart. Because like I had mentioned here, anyone who's ever, ever had their natal chart done, by a good astrologer, or, or research yourself. You don't. Listen, if you want, like anything else, if you want to study astrology, you can get books and and charts, and you can study and learn astrology. I mean, if you if you, it, it just it's a lot of work, but you can do it. If you don't want to do the work, you go to a good astrologer like me. <laughs> you know, you talk that way, and you get your insight this uh, from someone who's done the work. But uh, there's nothing wrong with doing it on your own. Uh, but the thing of it is, is you know, I use my chart as an example. I have a lot of fairly easy angles in my astrology chart. Um, a lot of ease to Venus. Um, a lot of, of good angles with Jupiter in my chart. Um, so that, that's been a blessing for me in a lot of ways. I've, I've had a lot of uh, natural talents and abilities. I have a, a fair amount of confidence in myself at some levels as well. Where I have difficult angles in my chart is I have squares between Virgo and Sagittarius in my chart, between Mars and the Sun, to Pluto and the Sun. So I have gone through some power struggles, and that's fifth house, seventh house, relationships, partnerships, and uh, and expression and romance and risk-taking and, and those as well. I've had some lessons to learn in those areas. But here's the thing. While that's not always been the easiest area of my life, those areas where I have the test angles. Um, it has also been significant in terms of growth and evolution and change and the way I view and see things. So this is one of the things that I point out with astrology, that negative angles can push us to grow. And the thing with the easy angles between charts is sometimes too easy can kind of make us lazy. We don't have to try very hard. When, when it's too easy. Um, let me put this in another perspective that may make sense to you. You know, a lot of times in, in, in relationships, you know, especially with heterosexual relationships between men and women, you also know, sure see the same dynamic in, in female-female relationships and male-male relationships. But we use a heterosexual idea uh, to clarify a point. Um, you know, 
a lot of times when people get comfortable after a few years in relationships, they often get lazy about romance and things of that nature, which can also contribute to the demise of a relationship. Um, a lot of men will stop being romantic and maybe find remembering to go on a date or to be playful or complimentary or, you know, we'll often honor best behavior in the earlier stages of dating and relationship. But once we've just kind of achieved and gotten the prize and have that stability and security, and for a lot of people, we become kind of lazy. We don't have to try that hard. We already won that. We conquered that in that sense. So I think that is important to remember that you know, even in relationships, you know, you still gotta do some work, and 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 you know, and, and you know, anyone in any long-term relationship understands this, whether an intimate one or even close friendships. Yeah, there's some work is involved in that sense uh, to keep things going. So, you know, using that analogy, um, that's sort of the good thing about the bad angles. They tend to push us. They tend to kind of make us, force us to kind of grow. You know, it's the same thing in another context when you have nightmares or you know, difficult experiences in life in general, whether, you know, you have an actual nightmare or you go through a, a difficult fight or argument with someone, you know, this can be detrimental, it can feel uncomfortable, it can hurt us, but also can also get us clear. And sometimes a difficulty will, or a fight or an argument or disagreement will actually be the very thing that clears the air and helps you to move forward. Or it may be the trigger that makes you end a relationship or situation or job or whatever the, 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 the trigger was. And then that may be valuable too. So I don't, you know, I always try to kind of remind my clients when I talk to people that don't always get so caught up in the idea that the negative is is something you're constantly trying to avoid in some capacity. Because you can't anyway. No one has an astrological chart. Well, I shouldn't say no one because probably some people might, where there's almost very little fight between planets at any level. Like I said, my fights in my chart are strong, but I just have a lot of ease too, which, which I think, kind of balances some of that out. I notice this when I look at astrological charts with people. You can see how difficult their life is just by the amount of red lines, hard angles between planets, and blue lines uh, in astrology, which are easy angles between planets. People are always amazed that you know that. Well, you can see it in an astrology chart. It's a reflection of who you are in that way. So what I kind of wanted to bring up and talk about in this piece that I think is is also very significant, is, um, you know, I think I discovered that coordination point also because, like I said in, in, the, in the essay, that I've had some very good Jupiter stuff going on in my astrology chart. And Jupiter represents abundance and our optimism and our, our um, excitement and enthusiasm and what makes us colorful and philosophical and gives us perspective. I've had some easy angles with Jupiter right now that's definitely triggered a lot of awakening for me. I have, for the most part, had a pretty easy last year or two in my life. I had a couple of issues that came up. And a, a, a 16-year friendship ended back in, in, in August uh, of, of uh, 2016, which was kind of tough. But the larger picture, I recognized that it was good. But for the most part, I've had a fair amount of ease. So it's partly the astrology. But i got to tell you, that aside, um, and, and all being entwined anyway, another part of it is it just had a lot to do with sort of changes in my self-esteem and the way that I feel about myself. Um, I 
skin builds a very confident period. I, I, I like me. I'm comfortable with me. I'm not berating myself for past mistakes anymore. I've made mistakes. I've learned. I've gotten smarter. That's it. I, there's no more uh, self-inflicted beratement. Is beratement even a word? I don't know. But we, we, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of that's not going on. I, I've been confident. I've had a lot more ease in general. And, and that's one of the things that I think is, is, is very key for me and, and why I, I have a number of regular clients that I've worked with for quite a while. Um, I really follow the adage that each and every day we have the potential to get better, to be smarter, to be more confident, to be more successful, to be healthier. I mean, I'm sure when I'm in my 90s or whatever, there's going to be changes physically and I'll eventually, the body will, will run its course and I'll pass from this world. But overall, even at the age of 51 that I'm at now, I, you know, I am I'm, I'm more confident, I'm more successful, I'm happier, better looking. I, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm always kind of improving. And that's one of the things that I do a lot when I work with clients and with people is, you know, that's a big part of the coaching, which is to get you to ultimately be your best possible potential self, to keep growing, to move through those difficulties and those things that we, we struggle with, to be a happier, more fulfilled, more confident, more successful, you know, even financially. I mean, to me, that's something we, we can create for ourselves. We don't have to, you know, there's no one that wrote a script in the sky that says we have to suffer and be poor for our entire lives. If we believe that, we may experience that. Uh, and we may even have experienced that, but you can change that. It's not like trying to grow a new arm if you have it chopped off. I mean, we, people do this all of the time in different ways. So that's another outgrowth of all of this. But, yeah, I, I've been in a good spot. So I think that's why I found the coordination point. I'd gone through it many times. I had felt that, but I had not really felt that, that click, that, that level of understanding, that trigger that I was there uh, in that way. But uh, it, 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 it's a wonderful experience. I mean, I'm actually going in a couple of days uh, for, a, for a trip again to, uh, to Vegas. Uh, so it's a good trick. I'm going with a couple of friends. So they're driving, so I, I'm not going to drive. I can sit in the car. Um, and then I'm flying back with another friend uh, a couple of days later because they wanted to go back a little earlier than I want to. Um, I normally go usually for three days and three nights. So my other friends wanted to cut it down to two and Two days too fast, too fast. Too much to do in two days. Make me feel rushed. I need three. Uh, four is a little too much. Three is about right uh, from from my <laughs> from my studies. So this is, this is fun though. I get to drive and carpool with, with them and, and then fly back, which is really kick ass. So I'm, I very much look forward to it. But it's gonna be interesting to go through that area on the way up, conscious of it now, as opposed to feeling those feelings that I feel that when I was going through it and passing through it and not making an association with the space itself. Uh, so that is, is very key. And I'm, I'm very excited about being able to do that. Um, so that will, will actually ultimately happen. But, yeah, you know, a, a lot of changes internally, uh, I think, are, are, would open the door for me ultimately to see that. Because uh, it, it has been interesting because I – I'm constantly encountering people, I shouldn't say constantly, I often encounter people who have a very negative point of view and opinion about life, where America is going, um, you know, in the more extreme cases, people talk about end times and all the other stuff. I I don't see that. I think we've got problems and difficulties. I'm not 
then it would stick in my head in the sand. But I don't. I feel like we are progressing and we are moving forward in a positive way in a lot of areas and in a lot of ways. I think it's important to note those things, uh, both collectively and ultimately individually as well. I don't follow that doom and gloom perspective or point of view or philosophy. I, I'm just not seeing it from, from that angle. So uh, it's interesting to encounter this in, all, in other people and, and allowing them to have the space to express what they think and what they perceive uh, while at the same time sort of trying to gently nudge them a little bit in another direction in terms of the way they might want to look at it or, or ultimately potentially see that thing in the first place. Um, so uh, I, I think that's an important thing uh, to consider. Uh, but, yeah, I, it's it, 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 again, when I wrote this piece, it was an interesting trigger to understand the, the idea of, of coordination points because, again, you know, I think they, they, they exist in, in all kinds of different spaces. And I had studied and learned, again, quite a bit about this subject um, a number of years ago. It just, again, it was sort of like, like I said in the piece, it was a dryness of mathematics. And that's also funny because when I was in high school, and, you know, in, in ninth grade, uh, I remember we took algebra. In 10th grade, we took geometry. 11th grade was meant to be trigonometry. And then 12th grade would have been calculus. That was how it was wired at my high school. I don't know if all, all high schools do that or anything anyway. Um, but I didn't actually get to trigonometry or calculus because I ended up going to a, what's called the BOCES Board of Cooperative Educational Services uh, series of classes halfway through school for advertising, art, and marketing. So I kind of went to a, a mini college type of course as well as probably high school. So I had to chop certain classes and not take them. I couldn't continue with mathematics. But what was interesting is I I did fairly well with, with algebra initially. I had trouble the first semester or two, and then I kind of got it, and then I was really quite good at it. And the same thing happened with geometry. I, I failed my first semester of geometry. I couldn't get it. And then by the second, I started getting it, and I did better. I got like an 80, I think, out of 100. I got like a 50 the first semester, an 80 the second semester, and then 100 the third, and 100 the fourth semester. Because I not only got it, but like I started kind of loving it in that sense, which is weird. I, I have a weird kind of love-hate thing with mathematics. Cause most people make some cringe, but like even when I, I gamble, I primarily play a lot of video poker. And people will often ask me like, why I, I have such a pull toward video poker. And really, there are two reasons for that. One, uh, purely from the mathematical angle, the house advantage is much smaller, typically, for the most part, in video poker. Uh, slot machines are generally rigged to take, like a penny slot machine is rigged to take about 10, 11, 12%. The, oh, no, translation. Every dollar you spend, you should theoretically lose about 10, 12 cents. Uh, you can win. It's not exact. But, you know what I mean, in the larger picture, that's what's going to ultimately happen uh, in the larger picture uh, generally. Um, but a lot of video poker machines are, are set to take, you know, uh, 4%, 5%, 3%. You can even still find video poker machines that are technically only taking about 1%. So from a mathematical angle, they make more sense. Practically, you're going to lose a lot less money and have more winning sessions. In the long run, you'll still lose, but you will lose much less and have a good time. That's why I like it. The other part of it is that I like the mathematics of it. 
I love to calculate how to play each hand. The same reason I to some extent enjoy blackjack. Every hand is a it's not guesswork. There's a mathematical decision that's pretty clear on each hand that you play when you when you play blackjack. So I've always had that kind of love-hate thing with, with mathematics. I love it, and sometimes it's just too dry for me, and other times I really love it. That's why, even I mentioned this in the piece, when I switched from astronomy to um, astrology, I, listen, I loved astronomy. I, I, I used to love looking out in the sky in my telescopes and trying to figure out when, when a certain planet or the moon was going to be a certain position. And, I mean, it was incredibly fun, and I enjoyed it a lot, but there was a lot of mathematics and dryness to it also. Um, that that bored me in some ways. Uh, when I discovered astrology, it was all of that and so much more. It was a diagnosis of human behavior of who we are, which to me was something that always fascinated me. Uh, Mercury in my natal chart is in my eighth house, right at the cusp of the ninth. So you know, in uh, in uh, Sagittarius. So of course, it's maybe knows about astrology, knows what I'm saying just by that that statement. So, yeah, that, that love-hate with, with math was always kind of there, mostly love, by the way. So discovering a coordination point was really exciting for me. Now, again, I, I, I'm just more aware of, of those things and those dynamics, and, and that's just really cool to have, have tapped into that, you know, something I studied so long ago coming full circle and being able to ultimately see it. So, okay, now I'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit. On, on this, uh, I see I've had a couple of people jumping in and out and a few people call in. But again, I remind everyone, I don't really do live calls on the column shows because, uh, again, people are trying to, again, kind of get little mini readings. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I do those on my astrological update shows, but not when I'm doing column shows because uh, people who are tuning in a lot of times are also listening to this after they've already written the column and they kind of wanted to hear me expand on it and I don't want to you get caught up in the details of other people's lives. That's boring to, to people that are tuning into these shows. That's why I don't necessarily take a lot of calls. Um, unless someone was asking about the subject itself, which people just tend to not do at this point in the game. Okay, so anyway, so thanks for calling, but I'm not going to take a lot of calls for the remainder of the 10 or 15 minutes we have on air. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, I see people jumping in and out of my chat room. It's always funny when I say that. I hope a bunch of people jump out. <laughs> when I say that, it's cute. Uh, I'm not. I'm done with him. Uh, anyway, uh, so I want to switch gears a little bit because, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about astrology, uh, just for the next five or ten minutes while I can, because I haven't done an astrological show in a while, and I won't be able to do one until February. So by then, it'll have passed. But we've been in a Mercury retrograde for the last two weeks or so. Uh, Mercury rules how we think, communicate, express itself. Mercury retrograde means, from Earth's perspective, it looks like Mercury is going backwards. Classic reality of Mercury retrograde is it tends to kind of screw up communication. We become more forgetful. We miss appointments. We hear things. Someone hears something else. Computer commitment to get a little screwy. There's, there's more weird stuff that happens. Anything connected with communication, communication devices, things of that nature get a little screwier during Mercury retrogrades. They happen three or four times a year for about a three-week period, um, and then they go direct again. They also have a lot to do with like kind of reevaluating a particular issue in our life. Uh, when you look at an astrology chart, your own personal astrology chart, they get to see where Mercury is during the retrograde, and that'll show the area of life that you're re-looking at, you're reconsidering. So um, this particular Mercury retrograde uh, uh, 
that started a little over two weeks ago, um, started off in Aquarius and it moved its way back into Capricorn where it is now. Uh, it goes direct again on the, about the 25th of this month, January 2016. So the, the themes are this in a nutshell. Again, to get more specific if you look at your actual astrological chart and the house it's in. But that said, from what I can tell everyone at a, at a very basic level, there'll be some truth to this. The whole idea behind it, it was, as it moved into Aquarius, we started thinking about our friendships, our social circles, our hopes and dreams, our goals, our ideals. A lot of old goals or new goals came into play of things you wanted to achieve or accomplish or to do. But then it quickly pushed its way back into Cap. So and that's where it sits now. So the retrograde to Capricorn kind of changed gears a little bit because when you look at Capricorn, and, and, and the positive and negative expression of Capricorn. The positive expression of Capricorn is I use, which doesn't mean taking advantage of people or things like that. That's not what that means. I use means we learn from adversity. We take everything that we've learned and that become, that makes us ultimately stronger. Uh, Capricorns are often savvy that way. The ability to, to, to use difficulty in a productive way. That is the power of Capricorn in its best possible sense. We all have Capricorn somewhere in our chart, even if you're not a Capricorn. Um, the negative of Capricorn is I inhibit, which is when you encounter something you don't have enough knowledge or information or comfort or security around, you tend to become like a vacuum of discomfort and uncomfortable and want to crawl into the wall and disappear and start getting you know, consumed with the idea of what you're lacking or not able to do or not comfortable with. So, listen, wherever this is in your chart, everyone's going through this at, at one level or another. That urge to kind of branch out and to achieve something and then it going back and having to look at the difficulties and the details of accomplishing goals and where we feel inhibited when we're stepping into territory in life that we don't feel completely comfortable with. So, you know, in a nutshell, I've noticed this especially in the last couple of days, a lot of clients have kind of uh, been been... Uh, emailing me with quick questions about something that relates to some type of fear that they're going through. Uh, the, the market took a horrible plunge uh, in the last week, and, and a lot of people that uh, felt they lost a lot of money, um, so that brought some fear up. I had another client I talked to recently that um, was given a home in, in Mexico to use her, one of her mother's properties, and her and her husband and friends from going to Mexico every couple of months and enjoying themselves. And she heard all kinds of news on the radio and TV saying that you need to be careful going to Mexico. People are running a lot of problems. You don't want to drive in at night. So all kinds of fear came up about using the house in, in, in Mexico for the coming weekend. Um, it was added upon, It was the, the addition was she had talked to a reader, a woman who told her that she shouldn't go to that house not even just this weekend, in general, that it was negative and bad. And every time she goes, she has a great time, so she was confused with the signals and the messages. So a couple of examples of that, of fear kind of coming into play. Um, I experienced this myself in another context because I had a really, really slow work week. I've been fairly consistently busy with, with, with appointments. Um, I have a little nest egg, so if I need to pull on that, I'm okay. But... I had about a four- or five-day period where I really basically had no appointments. And a couple of years ago, that would put me in a real quandary because I would start thinking I need to um, do some promotion or some marketing, some advertising. I can't just sit still on this. Let me post a Facebook promo. Or I'd normally get into fear about the lack of income 
coming in for a couple of days. But so I felt a little of that fear kind of come in to the picture, but I played this very differently this time. And each time this occurs, I think I play it better and better where it affects me less and less. So using myself as an example here in this context, I didn't, you know, I didn't care that it was slow. It didn't matter to me. I knew I'd pick up appointments this coming weekend. And of course I have a whole bunch of them came in. Um, and, and I also knew that I had that kind of backup money. If I had to use it, that's what it was for. I wasn't going to be worried about that. I wasn't going to get caught. I was going to enjoy the time off and the time to get some other things done. And that's what I did. And then everything rectified itself after a couple of days anyway, like it always does. And I think that, you know, it's taken me a long time to get really comfortable with the rhythms in that way. Um, I don't work a regular job. I don't have a steady paycheck. But the truth is I kind of never have. Um, even before I did this, the work that I do now professionally, I was a waiter and a bartender, so I had a, a sliding scale of income that operated. So there were times when you made really, really good money, and there were times when you hardly made shit, you know what I mean? Um, back when I moved out here 25 years ago, 26 years ago, when I was a waiter, um, the summers in Arizona were like kiss of death. The snowbirds were gone. A lot of people left. It was really tough to make any type of income as a waiter or bartender in the summer, uh, you know, 25, 26 years ago uh, when I when I used to do that work primarily. And um, But now, we don't see as much of a drop-off in the valley. There's a lot more people living here in the summer as well, so we don't see that quite that kind of dash in, in the way that it did. A lot of people that are in the field now have no idea what it was like back in my day. I love to say that. Uh, but uh, so I understand the rhythms of that. So it's just the older I get, like I don't have any problem with those rhythms anymore. When it's slow, I see it as necessary. Like this is what is supposed to happen, and I trust that it's gonna. When I, if I empty the coffers a little, I trust that they'll fill. And that's exactly what's happened, and why I didn't really stress that much and, and enjoyed kind of having that time off. I, I got a lot of stuff done anyway uh, that ultimately needed to be done. But like I said, I felt that fear kind of pulling in. So I'm talking to a lot of different people who are going through different fear about uh, financial issues, practical issues, going to Mexico, things of that nature. So I see that this is that, that's the negative part of, of that, that Capricorn Mercury retrograde influence where we get inhibited, we get anxious, we, we become fearful again in, in that sense. And the trick is push it over into the positive use of Capricorn, which is, you know, sometimes when you're making a decision, you need to mull it over for a bit. You just chew on it. The image of Capricorn is the goat chewing on the can. And it's just good to chew on something for a little bit uh, before you necessarily make a decision about it. And then also recognize that, you know, even if we do encounter a difficulty, in the larger picture, this may prove useful. It's kind of like in the most simple way I could put this. If you... Uh, go to a restaurant and end up ordering the worst thing on the menu. I mean, that kind of sucks because you can't get back that experience. Um, but on the other end, you'll never order that again. You'll be smarter the next time you go to that restaurant. You'll actually order something else. And, you know, and that's a funny analogy because I always, that was one of the things for me, like every time I went to restaurants and things, I always seemed to know what to order. And, and a lot of times my friends would always be like, why do you always get the best dish? Why do you, how do you know that? But I was in the field for a long time, and I, you know, if I'm in a, uh, if I'm in a, uh, like I think of this as an example, I was in New York, New, uh, was it New Orleans? I'm trying to think it wasn't New Orleans. 
it was uh, somewhere in the South, but now for some reason I can't think of it. But about 15 years ago with an ex of mine, and uh, and we were in, like, uh, we were in some type of, like, Cajun house. And I ordered, like, this Cajun stew, one of the house specialties. I can see that. It was delicious. And he ordered lobster, dumbass. I mean, lobster. It, 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 they weren't noted for lobster. It was they had it on the menu. And he hated it, just hated it. I was so annoyed that he ordered the wrong thing. And, you know, so it was such a comical thing. It was like, how did you know? I'm like, well, because I just mathematically deduced the Cajun house. This is what their specialty is, and they're probably going to do that really well, and this is where I am in this type of environment. And, I mean, I didn't think it was brain surgery figuring it out. But, um, you know, again, in, in a larger picture, Cajun, I made mistakes around, around things like that, too. Uh, you know, ultimately, like I said, this is how we learn. You know, and that's the whole point I'm making here with the understanding the en- energy of Capricorn in that sense. We we do learn to difficult to become more solid and more secure and to ultimately make better decisions. I mean, that's really for the most part how most of us get there. You know, we we it's experiential. You know, uh, you know the fast track is not always uh, the uh, the right road to to accomplishment. Okay. All right, so it looks like I've got a couple of minutes here to finish up, so I'm going to tie this, these thoughts up. Uh, retrograde will be over anyway. Um, it, I think uh, it's Monday, I believe, uh, some point on Monday, direct again. So then you usually have those clear series of ahas or awarenesses. But if you're going through a little anxiety right now, period, don't be surprised. Very, very common during the tail end of a retrograde to get even dingier. I joked this morning because I, I thought I just had this idea of something I had to do. And I walked into my office and I had no idea what I was going to do. I was just standing in my office like, why did I come into my office? I went and did a couple other things. I got my coffee and a few other things. And 15 minutes later, I realized what it was I was going to do. But I think that that just happens more during Mercury retrogrades. I think we become more dingy in that sense. And then we start convincing ourselves each time that we're losing our memory or our brain cells. And I don't agree with that. Your mind just should be pretty sharp as a tack even when you're 90. Um, unless you've got some type of disease. Anyway, that's all another subject. All right. Uh, well, okay, finishing up here. Again, thanks for joining me today. Uh, you can look for your own coordination points as well, and I hope it gave you some insight, and you can kind of keep track of those things. Uh, really, there is a feel for it if you ultimately check it out. Um, if you're not already getting my column, email me, VenturaSag at Yahoo.com. Add you to the mailing list. You can also uh, friend request me on Facebook or like my fan page as well. Um, I do a lot of added posts on Facebook because uh, I don't do the column once a month. So Facebook, every couple of days, I post some interesting dynamic here and there. Uh, sometimes I get lazy there too. So, uh, But anyway, I will... Uh, I'm not going to be here next week, but the following week I'll be here for another live column read. And I'm going to try to schedule an astrological update and uh, listeners uh, call and show uh, sometime in February. So uh, you can you can follow me through uh, through uh, Blog Talk Radio for information about that. Again, also of course, if you get my column, that information will come to you that way. Okay, thanks again for joining me today. Wishing everybody a happy Thursday. Until next time, cheers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.